you are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Jambo. No, you're not. Sorry. Bad joke. If you've ever tuned into Judge Judy, you might have understood the intro, but no. Welcome to Scarves Around the Gavel. I mean, the funnel. We are the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club PLC and the Partick Thistle Football Club Limited, represented by Gilson Gray LLP. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined in the courtroom today by Mark Donaldson. We've got an hour of this to come. No, the jokes are all done. I just, Phew. I just thought they, they were funny. I just crammed them all into the opening ah, ten seconds okay. to get them out of the way. I just want to say order, order then, because <laughs> yeah. wow. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I, I, I never thought preparing for this podcast would involve three hours of me reading legal jargon, but um, there you go. It's, it, it's strange times. There's been a global pandemic. There's no football in Scotland, football behind closed doors elsewhere, and uh, you know, wearing face masks wherever you go, and now Scottish football is not about kicking a ball around, it's about what happens, not even in a court, I guess, it's <laughs> legal proceedings taking place remotely via video. I don't think this is where we expected this to go when we started this podcast in 2018. No, but one thing is clear today, following the verdict that having read social media this morning and viewpoints, here's a stat for you. The Law Society of Scotland's most recent membership statistics show that the number of practising solicitors has reached an all-time high of 11,000. I think I read a viewpoint from every single one of them this morning. (laughs) It's like the legalese, everyone's an expert. Everyone knows how to interpret that, and that's it. And then people read them and think, well, yes or or, or no. What a load of absolute nonsense. We'll try and get to the bottom of the nonsense today. Yes, we are going to do just what Mark's highlighted. Lots of people are doing and and try and be experts, but we're not not really, because we know we're not experts. But we're going to try and at least dissect some of the... Um, information that's come out today, that's on Friday the 3rd of July, uh, from Lord Clark uh, on the legal case between Hearts and Park Thistle and the SPFL and Dungeon United, Wraith Rovers and Cove Rangers if you want to get everyone involved. So we're going to go through it as best we can. I've spent a few hours looking at it and I'm in no way going to pretend that I can give you gospel on it, but an interpretation and some feedback from others and what we think this all means. And ultimately, we're going to have to say that whether you're out there saying this is great for Hearts, whether you're out there saying it's great for the SBFL, whether you're out there saying whatever, at this point, even experts wouldn't know what way this is going to go. So it's interesting, and we'll dissect it as best we can, but don't expect any firm answers at this point. Today at 2pm, the Court of Session update. Um, Now, this was... A note from Lord Clark, who's been presiding over the case, or the the hearing, I don't know what you want to call it at this point. Um, So this came out at 2pm today. Now, there was three motions to cover as part of this legal response. So, obviously, we all know at this point that Hearts and Park Thistle put together a petition um, against the SPFL and... The three motions that were covered by Lord Clark today, first off was 
the motion from Dundee United, Wraith Rovers and Cove Rangers, which is basically to dismiss this entirely, everything that Hearts and Park Thistle have put forward. Um, motion from the same clubs and the SPFL to have the matter referred to an independent SFA panel and Hearts and Park Thistle's motion concerning the recovery of documentation. So these are the three main things he um, highlighted. Now, there was a 16-page document that came out today. There's lots of legal jargon in there. Lots of bits that are up to up for a different interpretation. I'm not going to go into everything. We're going to kind of go through some of the main points. Um, if you're interested, the representatives for the petitioners who are Hearts and Park Thistle were uh, represented by Thompson QC, and that's on behalf of on behalf of Gilson Gray LLP, as I mentioned before. The first respondent is the SPFL, uh, represented by Moynihan QC, and that's part of Shepherd and Wedderburn. And the second, third, and fourth respondents, that's United, Wraith and Cove, represented by Borland QC. Yeah, they were represented by Widdicombe and Pump (laughs) from Still Game. I mean, look, let... I don't want, and I know you, you've done a lot of research for us. I don't want an hour of, 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 of boredom, okay? Um, we're, we're not going to get it. No, 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 no I'll, I'll get, get to the point. Don't worry. No, I get that, but I, I'm going to sum this up, right, with the BBC website. The front page <laughs> of the BBC Sport website, Hearts and Thistle will fight on after losing battle to overturn relegations in court. Wait a minute here. That's the same me. story when you click on it. The headline is, Hearts and Partick Thistle relegation case will go to arbitration. That's from the same story. <sighs> yes. They can't even make their own mind up as to what's going on. It's like it's like seeing a, a newspaper headline written by one of the subs at the newspaper, and the story bears absolutely no correlation to what is actually in the paragraphs inside. Yeah. So it depends what scarf you have on. It's like watching a game and you've got a bet on or you're a fan of the club and VAR happens <laughs> and you're asked, how, how are you viewing that? If your scarf is maroon and white, then you're going to view it through maroon and white tinted spectacles. If it's not, then you are not. So you've got people saying, oh, we won. We won two out of three. Then you've got the SPFL saying we won. It's just it, it's just a holding pattern right now where it's it's bluster. Hearts and Partick have come out and said, we want two of the three. And as as a, a message on Twitter appears, seeing Partick Thistle um, and Hearts um, say that they've won is like Alec Totten saying, yeah, but we, we would have won the game on corners. There's, everyone's got an opinion. It's like life these days. The problem is, like life, the facts are there, but not too many people choose to read them. Well, we'll start with one fact, and that's that motion one which was to dismiss the Hearts and Parthasol uh, petition completely, was in itself dismissed. So um, I'll quote some of Lord Clark. And I guess at 16 pages, I'm going to just take bits out. Um, the grounds for that motion are that the member clubs are bound by the terms of the SFA's Articles of Association. And in terms of Article 99.15 of these articles, Hearts and Parthasol are prohibited from raising these court proceedings without the prior permission of the board of the SFA which was not asked for or granted. As noted, this hearing is a by-order hearing. It was fixed largely to determine the further procedure in the case. It is appropriate for certain motions to be dealt with at this early by-order hearing. He goes on and says later, I'll skip through a bit, I conclude that the nature and relative complexity of these issues makes it inappropriate that I deal with the question of dismissing the petition at this early stage. I therefore refuse the motion on behalf of Dundee United, Wraith Rovers and Cove Rangers 
to have the petition dismissed. So, very quickly, Article 99.15 of the SFA article states, A member of an associated person may not take a football dispute to a court of law except with the prior approval of the board for the avoidance of doubt. This article does not prevent a member or associated person from raising proceedings for time bar purposes subject to such proceedings being assisted at the earliest opportunity for resolution in accordance with the article. Um, so, interestingly, in terms of this side of things. So what Lord Clark goes on to say, because um, this is the part of it, Mark, where a lot of people, especially the non-Hearts and Park Thistle side of this debate, were saying this is where the problem is. You can't take this to court because it's a football matter and the SFA states that you shouldn't do that. So what Lord Clark mentions in this a bit later on in his document says, I was taken to the SFA's judicial panel protocol and shown a provision which applies where a member or an associated person takes a dispute which is referable to arbitration in terms of Article 99 to a court of law in circumstances other than those expressly provided by the terms of Article 99. The provision refers to penalties of, of up to £1 million and or suspension or termination of the club's membership of the SFA being imposed. In my opinion, if the existence of that potential penalty, which includes expulsion, or as Mr Moynihan puts it, that's the QC for the SPFL, being put out of the game, is a factor which requires to be considered when analysing the unlawfulness or otherwise of Article 99.15. I'm going to skip again, and he goes down and says later... In my opinion, questions may arise as to whether in that context a bar on raising legal proceedings without the permission of the board of the SFA subjecting a club which does so to the potentially extreme sanctions mentioned by senior counsel for the SPFL can be viewed as contrary to public policy and hence unlawful. In the absence of detailed submissions, I cannot reach any concluded view on that matter. It is something which would require to be addressed in a proper legal debate on this issue. Now, I very helpfully was getting some messages from someone who is a lawyer. Now, this person told me they were a lawyer and they're a Hearts fan, so I'm inclined to believe them. And if they're not a lawyer, then they gave some useful info anyway. So I don't care too much. But Steve, the lawyer, thank you for messaging me. Um, he said what the judge has done here is what is often called an obiter. Obiter? Obiter comment? O-B-I-T-E-R. It's where a court says something that doesn't form part of its reasoning, almost like saying, by the way. He said he made the comment that questions may arise, but then because he doesn't have the benefit of submissions and evidence, he doesn't make a judgment on that point. And he didn't need to because it wasn't a matter for him to decide today. It's essentially almost red flagging it. And if they did, this is obviously Steve's message to us, if they did try to shaft us with a fine or expulsion, we would have a reasonable case to take to court without expressing a final view on the outcome. So my reading of that roughly is when he talks about this being a by-order hearing. Now, this is my non-legal expert view. He's kind of suggesting that this has been put forward to decide the best course of action for this, as opposed to saying, this is a court action, you can't do this. This is the pre-hearing, so to speak, to decide where this goes. And from what Steve, the actual lawyer, said is, well, he's kind of leaving it open, saying it's down to interpretation, but the the kind of the penalties they've put there are very harsh and both clubs would probably have a case if they were tried to you know if, if they tried to impose a million pound fine or termination of membership so i guess that one's still a bit open i don't know what your thoughts are on that one qc donaldson qc 
QC. No, I'm not QC. I'm no legal expert. Um, I, I, part of my radio and television course after I finished school, when I was further education, had law in it, but nothing, nothing like this. I, I want to simplify things. Okay, the SPFL are basically the class bully, and they've said, if you dare stand up to me, I'll swing for you. And Hearts and Partick are like, ha, okay then, we're not going to be bullied. We've got everything to gain and very little to lose. Financially speaking, if we're prepared to go into this, then we're prepared to go the whole way. Uh, it's not like, oh, we can't afford to, to do that. Partick Thistle were initially in that situation until a, huh, a benefactor came in and said that they, he, she, whoever, we think we know who it was, but we're not sure, um, came and said, well, uh, we'll put the money up for you. So as far as what's happened today is, is, is concerned, for those that are saying hearts have lost, hearts were never, ever going to overturn the relegation. But as we've said, you aim as high as you can get, whether it's financially or your aims, what you're going to try and get, and you accept somewhere in the middle and you're pretty happy with that because you've, you've annoyed the bully. So what's happened today? Well, today, I, it's no point. I mean, why, why is this world these days going to be who's better than, is it X or Y, or everything's got to be kind of black or, or, or white? Why does there have to be a winner and a loser? Okay, the SPFL have come out of it okay because it's not going to a legal court to, to go further forward. Um, Dundee United, Cove and, and Wraith Rovers, that was motion one. They wanted this thrown out. They haven't got that. Hearts and Partick Thistle, I think the best scenario for, for them is that the documentation, um, motion three, this is the key and this is the interesting thing. Hey, you're skipping the, the three. Don't skip to no, three. No. We've only got two oh. yet. <laughs> oh, well, look, one's been thrown out. Two for Hearts and Partick Thistle is not going forward. And three, that's the big one, right? So when it comes to the tribunal, the inboxes will have to be provided with regards to the Dundee vote and the importance of that. Um, the contracts will have to be provided with regards to Sky TV and whether or not it could have been moved from the 1st of August start date. So this independent arbitration will feature all the paperwork. That's the key thing. That's what Hearts and Partick asked as far as Motion 3 was concerned, that the information from all of these inboxes, from all of these email accounts, um, they wanted that to feature in an independent arbitration. It will be. So, yeah, SPFL's come out of it all right because it's it's not going forward in a court of law. But the key thing is that a lot of us were under the impression that, oh, it's an SFA independent tribunal, It'll probably be led by Doncaster or law. It's not. It, it's not. And we'll get into that later. But both sides have come out of this okay. And that's why you've seen statements from both, um, not proclaiming victory, but but not kind of saying oh this is a this is a nightmare. Every, everybody kind of shouts we've won. It's like it's like anything. You can spin stats. Oh, we had sixty six percent of possession. Yeah, but but you didn't have thirty four percent of possession. You know what it's like. That's the way it is these days. So we move on. We had very little to to lose apart from financially and a lot to gain. We've still got a fair bit to gain, and I don't think we've lost too much. So yeah, it's fine. I'm 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 good. So before I get to motion two, very quickly, I noticed before. Um, Lord Clark got to that in his document. Um, this is a little side note. The Dundee vote. Um, interestingly, I'm going to read another part of 
of what he says. And this was when he was still justifying the fact that this needs to be, this can't just be chucked out. He kind of justified it almost not just by saying about the rules and finding a way to say that this could be deemed still acceptable, but also the fact that he felt there was a case to be answered for, basically. And at one part, he says, um, in this petition, Hearts and Park Thistle argue that the decision to accept the written resolution, and that's obviously the written resolution that was put in place to effectively relegate the teams and distribute the money and finish the season, um, which gave rise to the relegation, was unfairly uh, prejudicial for a number of reasons. These include that Dundee Football Club submitted a vote which was against the written resolution. On behalf of the SPFL, as Mr Moynihan indicated yesterday, it is admitted that this vote was received at 4.48pm on the day in question. The SPFL explain in their answers to the petition why the email containing the vote was not seen or read at the time. Now, I don't, I haven't seen this. As far as I'm aware, the SPFL answers and petition has not been made public so i don't know exactly what they've said but very interestingly they've obviously said that it was received um someone said to me that because i didn't follow the court proceedings as they were being broadcast as they were as they were going that they'd said something it was in a spam folder it was quarantined which um seems quite ridiculous that people wouldn't check that to be honest if you know someone sent you an email and you don't have it pretty much the first thing you do isn't it check the old spam folder um it should be it should be uh it goes on to say hearts and park thistle uh, contend that if this vote by dundee had been counted at the time then the written resolution would not have been passed the alterations to the rules of the spfl made it um, made by it would not have occurred and relegation based on that alteration would not have happened so that will tie in with obviously what you've just been saying, Mark, and what ties in with three when we get to it in terms of the motions, that what went on as part of this vote, clearly... Now, there's going to be arguments, and reasonable arguments in some ways, that the SPFL will say they they had it written down that if you have a no vote, it can be changed anyway. So I'm not quite sure what legal basis Hearts and Park this will have here, but I tell you what, the way the SPFL have tried to silences as much as they can you know that something untoward whether it's legally untoward or just morally untoward has gone on here with this vote and we said it at the time speaking of our our, our continuing our our legalese and our legal terms i want to play devil's advocate here okay yeah there. that's always good because i know we're maroon and white um and i, and I know we we have um, hearts at heart, but we're we're always pretty fair. We try to be to be pretty fair. I've got a fair idea what the legal defence for the SPFL will be, and it's based on something you've just said, because in their terms and conditions, and and these are something that everyone signs up to, and as you say, uh, legally. They were probably just above board morally. That's a different story. So the vote initially was cast as a no vote. You can change a no to a yes, according to their articles of association, but you can't change a yes to a no. So if I'm arguing for the SPFL and against Hearts and Partick Thistle, I would be arguing nothing untowards happened here. We emailed saying we wish to, to uh, well, we, we wish you not to count our first vote, and then at a later date, I think it was three or four days later, they they changed to a yes. The other thing here, that Friday 5 p.m., that wasn't a legal deadline. 
that was a, a guidance of we would like it if possible. Can you have these votes to us by? I think they had another three or three and a half weeks if they wanted. Dundee could have waited there. Every club could have waited, but they wanted it done as soon as possible. So me playing devil's advocate would simply say, as you quite rightly pointed out, have we done anything wrong legally? I'm not sure they have. It's morally horrible because it looks and smells rotten, but I'm not sure they've they've done anything wrong. So Hearts and Partick Thistle with their QC will, will point out, wait a minute, Dundee initially voted no. I think the bigger thing that Hearts and Partick Thistle could cling on to here was if Dundee had originally voted yes to whatever the the, the claim was, then tried to vote no, when that is not a possibility. The fact they voted no, then yeah. changed it to a yes, for me, is not against the law. No. And I think the SPFL would, would get away with that um, purely based on their articles of association. And I think that's why Hearts and Park Thistle were keen to have this, when this information comes out, the documentation, for it to be played out publicly. Because even if legally they couldn't win that the you know for the other clubs for the fans for for everyone for the public if they could see that something pretty pretty seedy pretty kind of below the belt had gone on in terms of persuading dundee or making sure they changed their vote to the right vote albeit within the confines of what was legally possible it wouldn't be good for the spfl short, medium or long term if it, if they were seen as if that's if that's what the organization was seen as that's how they operate. Let me give you an analogy, Laurie, if 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 you don't mind. Okay, an old lady is walking along the street and she drops her purse and it contains a hundred pounds or, or whatever. And you are the SPFL and you see the old lady drop her purse. You have two choices. One is to run after her, give her the purse back, or two is just to wait till she's out of sight and then go and pick up the purse and keep it for yourself. Now, one is what you would hope that everyone would, would do. Um, again, legally, there is no legal case with that. This is a simple um, what's morally right and what's morally wrong. I, th I think karma. I, I believe in karma. And karma can be a bitch. Just be nice to people and, and do think, don't treat people the way you wouldn't want to be treated yourself. And, and that, th this might come down to karma and that, that doesn't stand up in a court of law. It's just something's not right, but is it legally not right? That's my issue here. And that, that's why it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. Hearts were never going to get relegations or anything overturned. This was always going to be about how much we can get from it. And we might not get anything out of it. But we have to try, and I'm totally behind Hearts and Partick Thistle doing what they're doing. Um, and if it means that changes may have to take place from the SPFL, um, not wholesale changes if they're pretty successful, but if we can if we can push some sort of change through as a result of this nonsense, then I think it would have been worthwhile. If we get anything more out of that, if we get financial compensation out of it, all the better. Motion 2 was the motion to assist these proceedings to allow the dispute to go to arbitration. So this one was upheld. This was um, the SPFL. Um, and in terms, uh, I'll quickly read some from 
Lord Clark, who says, In terms of Articles 2 and 196 of the SPFL's articles, Hearts and Partick Thistle are contractually obliged to comply with the SPFL's rules. By virtue of Rule B4 of the SPFL's rules, Hearts and Partick Thistle have to comply with the SFA's Articles of Association. In my view, it is clear that all of the member clubs and the SPFL have agreed that the Articles of the SFA, the Articles of the SPFL and the rules of the SPFL are binding upon them. So, obviously, in some ways, it does feel like maybe a defeat. That would be the initial reaction. And certainly, before looking at the detail of this or before all this kind of transpired this week, I think most Hearts fans would have hoped that it wouldn't go to arbitration, it wouldn't go to the SFA, it would stay in the court of session or in a public legal setting. But, interesting, so Lord Clark then goes on and establishes the following. He says... In terms of the article uh, 99.19 of the SFA's Articles of Association, the arbitral tribunal, the tribunal, as he puts in brackets, may consist of three arbitrators. One of the provisions states that, if so, each party shall nominate an individual from the tribunal candidate list as its arbitrator. And the two arbitrators so appointed shall appoint a third arbitrator who shall be or has been a solicitor or advocate or member of the judiciary, in brackets, sheriff court or court of session of not less than 10 years standing, including cumulatively in a combination of the said functions and who shall act as chairman of the tribunal. So I could go on with this a bit more. There's a lot of legal jargon in there. But basically what he's saying, and this is where it got interesting because I didn't realise this until today when it all came out. I think most people were of that in that situation. It goes through this arbitration through the SFA, but not only... Are the SFA not to oversee this? He mentions that later, that the SFA are, are not to be judging of this, are not to be involved in it. He says, accordingly, the SFA will not judge the issue in the arbitration. But it's also completely ind- independent. One person picked by Hearts and Park Thistle, one by the SPFL, and they together pick a chair. Apparently, a list of possible panellists has already been put together. And Hearts, uh, Partick, SPFL have access to it. And these are mainly retired legal experts. So this was very interesting. For me, Mark, and I think for you and for everyone, suddenly I was like, wait, it's not just going to the SFA to just put it past some of the usual old boys club who they'll have complete control over. This is this is still fairly independent, or seems to be fairly independent. I guess the difference is it's just going to be very private. Yes, and that's the key. And how, how much of that comes out in public? Uh, we don't know. Evidence and everything like that. If it'll be agreements have to be reached so that the evidence is for their eyes only. We don't know. In a court of law, the evidence would have been made public. Everyone would have had access to it. It would have been put on websites and, and various other things. But but this is different. Will we have any institutional bias uh, at first before we realised how this would, would work? The concern would be, <laughs> yeah, probably. But now, yeah, I, th- I think it's fair. Well, do you want to hear I, some? I, do you want to hear something that's interesting? Because I saw some people going the the other the opposition to this, saying this is what the SBFL wanted. Well, interestingly, there's a bit, and we don't know what, or at least either I don't know or I didn't hear it in the 
all that went on before, but he says, Lord Clark says, because Mr. Moynihan is the SPFL's representative, he says, I should add, I do not regard Mr. Moynihan's submission that persons with an interest in football are better placed than the court to deal with this issue as well-founded. The case involves allegations of unfair prejudice. It is a matter of company law upon which there is substantial authority in the case law and it will require appropriate legal expertise in the arbitration tribunal. So he's basically saying the SPFL and their QC wanted to try and make this a football people with football, which means they would be picking people who probably would have had some involvement in the SPFL or SFA at some point. But that's been that's been kibosh. She said, no, this needs to be, this is legal. This is, doesn't have to be football people. So for those who, who have seen saying, oh, this is exactly what the SPFL wanted, well, the very fact that they argued that it needs to be people with a football understanding, and that's been, that's been kicked out by the judge who said, no, it's legal is the important thing here. I would say that this isn't exactly what the SPFL wanted. I chuckled there because when you said all oh, that, those people say this is exactly what the SPL want. Who are those people? Are they Queen's councils? <laughs> oh, I don't think they are. Do they have a particular dog in this fight? Maybe they do. Are they pro-hearts? Maybe they are, but unlikely. Are they anti-hearts? Oh, maybe they are. So, look, they're not Queen's councils. They're not QCs or, or anything. Do you know what the one thing I've learned out of this? And I think this is fascinating. I've been on this earth 43 and a half years, and I never knew this. If someone is QC, what does that mean? Queen's Council. Okay. What happens when Queen Elizabeth dies and Prince Charles becomes oh, the new monarch? Do they become KC, do they? Yes, there and you go. KC and this KC in the Sunshine Band. There we go. That's got to be our headline. That's got to be the title of... QC in the Sunshine Band. QC in the Sunshine Band <laughs> is, the head, is episode number whatever it is. There you go. So of all this, I'm glad... The, the, what's come out of this for me? The one thing isn't Hearts, Partick Thistle, Cove, Wraith, SPFL. It's that when Queen Elizabeth dies, and hopefully she never dies, hopefully she lives forever, but she might die one day, and it's going to be a, she, she might, might die one day. Well, she might. Prince Charles or William or whoever will come in. There's going to be a king after her, and all these QCs will no longer be QCs. There'll be cases. There we go. <laughs> okay, on that, let's move on to motion three, the third and final one, which was the recovery of documents. This is this is kind of the juicy one in many ways. Although, unfortunately, because of motion two, it might just be juicy for people who are involved in it and not for the general public. But you know what the you know what the world's like just now. I'm sure at some point a lot of this will get leaked. But anyway, um, this was upheld. So. Lord Clark says, and this is the one for the release of the documents and the information. Um, it, it doesn't actually go into detail in the the note from the um, from Lord Clark in the court session today, so it doesn't break down exactly what will be released. But I guess it'll be anything that they feel is relevant. So he says, in these unprecedented circumstances, it is, in my view, open to me under the inherent jurisdiction of the court to make an order for the recovery of documents. I do not accept the contention of Mr. Borland that granting such an order is not competent. The issue is before the court. I have had full regard to the points made on behalf of these parties in opposition to the motion for hearts and party thistle for recovery of documents. I can see some force in the submission that the terms of the order sought are wide 
and that there may be some issues about the relevancy of some of the documentation sought to be recovered. However, having considered the submission and the call set out in the specification of documents, I am satisfied that all of the documents that are identified are of potential relevance to the issues to be determined. These issues require to be determined with real expedition. Now, the SPFL fought very hard against this, apparently. So it'll be interesting to see... Well, maybe maybe we won't see, but um, it, it, it's interesting that now that will be available and how that affects things. And surely full disclosure has got to be a good thing, as you mentioned, um, as you mentioned, Mark. And I, I, it's, it, 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 it annoys me in a way that we might never find out what comes out. But I'm very pleased that at least what you know what information is available will be made available. And I, I just can't I can't see how anyone, whatever side you're on, would argue against that. Ultimately, I think this is a, a, a moral issue, um, and I, I'm not going to make predictions because I'm not going to come on here. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, none of us. Cri- cri- no, cri- criticize. Um, all these so-called experts with with legal degrees and everything on Twitter, and then pretend I I know what I'm talking about when it comes to to legalese and and these these cases. And unless you've heard every single word so far, and you have a background in in, in knowing how to interpret that, uh, and you you come from a neutral standpoint, you don't have a a dog in the fight, or uh, a, 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 you have a a, a side picked. Um, it's it's difficult. It's, it's difficult. I just I just think if we're if we're kind of summing up, to use a, a legal term, this is this is one that I think the SPFL will probably just get away with by the skin of their teeth. But it'll be one of those that was too close for comfort. And if anything like this ever happens again, we've learned our lesson. Will Hearts and Party get some money out of it? I don't know. Honestly, don't know. As I said earlier, I don't think Hearts and Party have lost much at all. It's a, it, it's like handing someone three darts and expecting them to hit a 180 first time round, or handing someone a snooker cue and expecting that person who's never played snooker to hit a 147 break first time out. That's what Hearts were trying to do as far as to get overturned um, their their relegation for them and and Partick and and Stranraer. Um, that was always the kind of yeah, well, <laughs> let's give it a go and and who knows what will happen. It probably won't, but. It'd be interesting to once once all this is said and done, um, and the dust has settled. There's a few cliches in there. Um, it'd be interesting to get those involved round a table from from a heart's perspective and and ask them when you first had this motion, what did you? We we kind of know what they hoped for because that's been set out um, publicly that they wanted relegation overturned and um, money as well, eight eight million pounds. It'd be interesting to get the take of those involved, what they thought would happen before it even went to court and how likely they thought that what has happened would happen. I think this was the most likely outcome and no one's won and no one's really lost right now and we're not in a position to to say who's going through to the next round, so to speak, um, until the arbitration panel is is heard. We're sitting recording this on Friday. Apologies, it might be a little bit later this week, but we wanted to to get this out of the way first so we could comment on it. I fully expect that the fixtures will come out at the start of the week and and they'll they'll continue as normal. And as we've been saying over the last few weeks, Hearts are likely to be a championship side 
next season. And unfortunately, um, that means not beginning their season until the beginning or middle of October. That's the way it is. In the meantime, we don't have football to talk about, but we've got this. Yeah, it should be said that the um, it mentions in the document that arbitration um, should be able to be completed before the 1st of August um, when the Premiership season begins and all the parties involved had no reason to um, to to believe otherwise. Um, before I kind of move on from Lord Clark's document, a couple of other things I, I just want to read out because some of you might not have read it. I know it's not, it's a lot to just read word for word. So um, interestingly, one thing that jumped out, um, the timing of proceedings. Um, and as I say, I've not seen what exactly was said by parties, but interesting, it looks like the clubs, as in United, Wraith and Cove, tried to kind of put the timing of this as a problem and um, blame Hearts and Park Thistle for it. So Lord Clark said, I should say, I do not accept the submissions made on behalf of those parties, that's in reference to United, Wraith and Cove, to the effect that any delay in these proceedings lies at the door of Hearts and Partick Thistle. On the contrary, those clubs were faced with a decision in mid-April which would result in their relegation, which they say could readily have been avoided if the league was played out, and which plainly will have will have drastic financial and other consequences. Quite understandably, rather than raising a legal action or proceeding to arbitration, the opportunity was taken, which the SPFL actively facilitated, to try to obtain a reconstruction of the leagues, which would result in their relegations not occurring. It would make no commercial sense for Hearts and Partick Thistle to have raised proceedings while the issue of reconstruction was ongoing. As I understand it, the present petition was raised within a couple of days of the reconstruction proposals failing. I do not blame the petitioners for raising proceedings or seeking arbitration whilst that important and potentially crucial alternative was available and was actively being facilitated by the SPFL. I quite like Lord Clark. I know that all he's doing here is giving guidance on where this goes for it to be decided. He's not deciding whether it's a positive or a negative outcome for Hearts and Park Thistle or for the other parties. But quite clearly, he, he he's looked into what he's talking about here. I have, I have no idea if Lord Clark has any interest in football beyond this at all. But he's clearly, you know, there's a, they've obviously tried to hit, hit some kind of snap things. Look at the timing of this. It's all off hoping that maybe the detail wasn't going to be reviewed. Whereas it clearly has. And I, 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 quite, I quite like these little, and maybe these would be classes obiter comments as well as the lawyer told me earlier i don't know i'm not going to say i know that for sure but it's kind of sidebars that are, are useful to see and he also ends with this is right at the end he says if for any reason difficulties arise with whether the arbitration tribunal is able to deal with the issues in the time available and the parties change their minds and wish the court to deal with time will be made available for that to happen so that means that this is not necessarily done in terms of being a core issue yet. Um, I had some kind of ideas on what I thought this, how this might be settled, but I asked Steve, the the Twitter lawyer, who I, I believe is a lawyer, but again, um, just to say, I don't know for sure. I have not seen his credentials. He said, um, I would think the clubs who try and settle out of arbitration court um, won't be 8 million, but something which cushions the blow of relegation in the fewer games. At what level 
Would Budge accept it, taking into account the risks of losing anyway and the fact we might have gone down if the season had been completed, so a reasonable settlement wouldn't be the worst outcome? Hard to know the SPFL. They don't have cash reserves, so clubs would foot the bill. Don't think Doncaster could just pay Hart several millions and then just invoice the clubs. Don't think that exec power would stretch that far and they would need approval in advance as we know the and we know how the club votes go. Having said that, I don't know how much SPFL can settle liabilities. We need to check their rules. I would take a reasonable settlement, and this is Steve's opinion now as a Hearts fan, I would take a reasonable settlement, one which at least compensates for the loss of four or five home games next season and recognises a contingency that we might have stayed up. So, um, interesting. And uh, we got a few reactions of it on Twitter. So quickly, Amuso lets it run, said... Unfortunately, it's looking like more of a marathon than a sprint. What's more pe- uh, telling in the past 24 hours is news of further pledges and one-off donations to the Foundation of Hearts. That's the long-term stability we need, regardless of the outcome of arbitration. Um, Anne Waddle says, disappointed, but sadly not surprised. Gavin Wallace says, feeling okay, obviously wanted it to be heard in court, but an independent panel not of the SFA choice isn't the worst and documents to be produced is big also the case not being dismissed outright is telling which means we do have a case plenty of legs in this story yet indeed there is gavin and we will keep following it on scarves around the gavel we're going to move on because i think mark might have fallen asleep with all the legal mumbo jumbo getting the band back together this is a bit more fun. Uh, we spoke about this last time when we had Craig Fowler on. With Craig Gordon now returning, what other former Hearts players could you realistically get back? It was partly light-hearted and it was a bit of fun, but it also did bring up some potentially realistic targets. And I um, kind of put out there a potential lineup of former players, which had Craig Gordon in goals, Lee Wallace at left-back, Callum Patterson at right-back, Jose Goncalves alongside Ryan McGowan in the centre. Sam Nicholson left. <coughs> David Templeton right. Egert Jonsson and Arno Dume in the middle. And Bjorn Jonsson and uh, Mauricio Pena up front. Did you have a cough there with one of the names? Well, I just find it, <laughs> it amusing because it was about, what, five or six days ago I put Sam Nicholson on the left. And I had toyed over Sam Nicholson or Ardvidas Novikovas, given that... The sort of very rough rules we put out for this game were that you put out, it was, yeah, okay, it was but the I put out where that um, it has to be someone who is still who is still alive, alive. Who you're, so you're, you're signing them in their current state. So if if they play, if you know, if if you're signing Jimmy Sanderson, you need the Jimmy Sanderson cab driver who's a middle-aged man now um, and likes a few beers. Probably, yeah, like I mean, he's still playing football. <laughs> Still playing football. We're, we're not, we're not he, gonna, we're he's not... a lot fairer than I am, and I'm 20 years younger than him, so I can't really slag him yeah, too much. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, when I mean still playing football, not fives down the pits at the fourth of Not having lived in, in Edinburgh for 10 years, does the pits at Portobello still exist? Or is it, is it yeah, not, they're, is they're, no, they're still along there, yeah. And is, is, is pits the name of it, and is it still there? <sighs> There's pitches along there. Uh... I can't say I've played. I've not played on them in about a decade. So, I've, um, as as for whether there's a different name, I don't know. That was one, and the other one was was at the exchange. Um, yeah, the corn exchange. The world corn of football. Exchange. Have you still got pictures up? You still got pictures up there? 
Yes, they're there as well. Yeah, I was I was at the um, the bowling last year, and the pitches were still there. So um, yeah, totally pointless uh, interjection there. But, yeah, a, um, a really pointless tangent. Not that we'll, not like we've never done that before. No, I, I cannot I cannot get out of this country right now. So um, I I can't just fly over and put my head pop my head round at the corn exchange. Nice Chinese there, by the way. Well, there was the last time I was there. It's probably now a bowling alley. I don't know. Um, but I can't, I can't get out of the country, and you can't get here. So you are my eyes and ears, <laughs> son, sir. Yes. Well, well, look, well let's. Like, we're interesting. We got a few tweets. So um, let's see what people thought. About. You don't want, do you, you don't want the Sam Nicholson story then. Oh, you've got one. Is that, you, is that where you were getting? Of course. To? Well, well yeah, I can yeah. never tell if you've got a point or not. I just wait patiently and just <laughs> speak when I'm spoken to. <laughs> Go on then. So like, the question had to be asked, right? Yes. Is he? Is he, is he coming? Is he coming to Hearts? The answer is it's not his first choice. It's oh. not one hundred percent. It's not one hundred percent. No. Here's the deal. Sam wants to go to England, right? Sam wants to go to a kind of a League One um, kind of standard. He's he's got his eyes on on maybe um, the upper half of a club in the upper half of of League One is is where he thinks and his agent thinks that that he can play. Whether he gets that, he's been given guidance, that is not going to be the best thing for him. Um, And obviously, I'm sure Robbie would would take him back. Um, The guidance given to Sam was from Robbie, um, who said, uh, mid-table League One in England, I told him it's not for him, but you can only give advice. So... That, so Robbie say, been there, done that, wasn't all it was cracked ah, up to be. I, I didn't want to say. The the reply when I, I sent him a picture of Sam said, think I found you a winger from MLS, I won't even ask for any commission. Got one back with a, a laughing, crying face. He wants to go to England, to which I responded, I want to marry Claudia Schiffer. Right? And he's like, mid-table League One in England, told him it's not for him, but you can only give advice. I've got, like, we, we discussed when, when Robbie um, was reappointed, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we discussed why he went to England, and ultimately it, it wasn't the right thing for him to do now, but we're all experts after the fact. And if Sam thinks that um, he can he can come back to the UK and he wants to play in England, no problem with the kid. Oh, I, you've seen players go down to Burton Albion and, and other clubs, get promotion and, and do really well and, and get a move. You've seen players come on loan from English clubs to Scottish clubs, go back down south, and Kasper Schmeichel won, won a league title um, in, in the Premier League. There's no right or wrong way of, of doing things. Could Sam Nicholson end up back at Hearts? Yes. Would I put money on it right now? No. Because if he can get a club in England, that's where he would go. If he can't, then Hearts becomes an option. You've got to remember as well, Hearts will be playing in the Championship. If you were to pick up the Championship and drop it down in England in a league, it's, it's, not, it's not one of the top four leagues doesn't matter who's in it right now. It's it's conference at best, national league, whatever it is at, at best. So to to get the opportunity to play down south, I mean Sunderland are are, are down. I'm not saying that's the club. I don't know the, what, who the club is uh, at all. I've not spoken to 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 Sam. Um, but if if that's the way he wants, and he could get a club that ends up getting promotion, because obviously it'll not happen this season because we're already into the the playoffs, but there's, there's many different ways. And if that's the way Sam wants to, to go, good luck to him. Um, I know Robbie wants a winger. I'm not sure right now it's going to be Sam Nicholson, though. Could do a lot worse, 
I would say. Agreed. Sorry, I did give him, give him one suggestion that I thought, I'd be all right because he's, he's lost his place at an MLS club. And let, let's just say it came back that um, the, the wages, which weren't exorbitant, were, were not going to be <laughs> payable by a Scottish Championship club next season. Okay. Well, make of that what you want. I'm not telling you anymore. I'll I'll, I'll make of it exactly what I want. Um, and what I'll say. We're not we're not in the market for 100 grand a week players. Oh, there's we, your exclusive. We, we certainly are not. Um, Anne Waddle got in touch. She there said you go. she'd say, she, say she said she would take Callum Patterson back in a shot, but also wouldn't mind Milinkovic, um, which isn't a bad shout. Although he is now over in the state. Uh, well in Canada, uh, hasn't worked out a whole for him, but he's on loan at Vancouver Whitecaps until the end of 2020, but he's only 26 and did pretty well with us before. Uh, Mark Wells gave us a quick lineup. He put uh, Gordon and goals. Uh, it's kind of a 3-5-2, this McGowan, Uzturk and Dylan McGowan at the back. Ali Uzturk has just been freed by Sunderland, still only 27. Uh, Christian Novak, slightly deeper um, than the rest of the midfield. He's back in his native Poland, 26 now. Uh, Godinho, right, Milinkovic, left. Arno Juman, Perry Kitchen in the middle. There's another one in the States. Jeez, LA yeah. Galaxy. Um, and up front, Kyle Lafferty and Ismael Goncalves, or Goncalves, rather. Lafferty, 32, also released by Sunderland. And Isma, currently playing in Japan. Um, here's a good shout, and Craig Fowler liked this one when he saw it on Twitter, actually. Kyle1874 says... Suso, how could I forget? Suso Santana still plays. And indeed he does, Kyle. He plays for Tenerife, uh, Tenerife, where he grew up and where he played before joining Hearts. He's now club captain, very popular over there. 35. He's played almost 30 games in the Segunda this season, scoring five goals. And they're still in the, with a chance of the playoffs to get into La Liga. <laughs> be um, playing top flight next season. Can you imagine that? Going to Barca and Real Madrid. Can you imagine how, that? Whoa, 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 whoa. I've just had the local dogs. Um, I've just started to bark. I think they were the only um, living organization or organisms or whatever <laughs> that heard your last free. Imagine that! Imagine that! I'm excited! I'm excited! What? I'm What's sorry. Um, Flitch says, I would have Craig Beatty, who was playing for Elgin City as of 2019. It would be worth it just to see him doing another running behind the goals with the top off celebration. Mind you, he might have to be a late sub from your lineup. Craig Beattie is now 36. Uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying he wasn't the fittest footballer when he was 28, when he was last Say, at Hearts. Says us. It's, well, yeah, but we we are not or never have been considered athletes, is all I mean. Panilla's the same age. He's 36. Aye, but, but he's a... Aye, but what? He's a he's what? sexy, healthy... So Craig specimen. By the way, Craig, Craig Beattie was the sexiest man in the world when he did, when he put that oh, penalty away. Oh, he was. He was. I'm just just maybe not the the, the fittest. Um, Igor Rossi is a must. School, says Rory. Um, liked Big Igor. There was no airs or graces about him. Just just a solid defender. It's it's one of those grass is always greener type of situations, isn't it? You know, we weren't. I don't think people were that bothered when he left, but you know. I would certainly say he would have been better than what we've how we've performed recently in defence. He's only thirty one now, plays in Saudi Arabia, but was a very solid performer under under Robbie. Um, well, while you're while you're talking about the way we've been playing, uh, 
There was oh, an interesting no. article I read. I know it seems like forever ago we last. Well, we, when was the last time we did play? Because we didn't play at St Mirren that night. There was an article following an interview that Stephen Naismith had, had given. I don't know if it was to a website or to a podcast or whatever that was picked up by some of the newspapers. Some really interesting comments um, from Stephen about Daniel Stendhal, about some of his, his teammates as well. Um, just obviously clearly not happy with, with how last season began. But I think the gap from that St Mirren game to whenever Hearts next play will surely be sufficient enough for Hearts to to pick up, not where they left off, but to, to pick up um, having wiped the slate clean. And ultimately, as one or two people I've spoken to have said, Hearts could be one of the few clubs that come out of all this nonsense actually in a better position can be than much when, worse. They, <laughs> when they left off, true. Moving on. Uh, so, Moving on. Moving on. Before we get to the end, so I want to... When when people take the time to send us a lengthy email, I do like to 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 honour that by at least reading yeah, it out. Um, it's a subject that we were covering last time, but I'm going to go back to it because um, we got an email from Dougal. Now this is because we've been talking about your footballing stories, your whether it's away days or just days nights out related to the football, not the game itself, but just the the escapades. Does it involve Dingwall, Inverness, or Prague? If there's some Prague, which well, there's always, always, always Prague. Prague. So this is an email from Dougal. He says, gents, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the most recent episode with Craig Fowler and the various non-football stories, and I felt I should share two of my eventful trips. Number one, Prague. And he puts 2006 and then a question mark, which maybe suggests he can't quite remember which Prague, it, Prague trip it was, <laughs> but... I think it was the 2006 one. Um, anyway, he says, students, so no work pressures. Me and three of the boys, in brackets, Taz, Burr, and Stoner. I'm not going to ask. Um, <laughs> not real names to protect those who <laughs> yes. are about to be involved in this story. Made the trip. We flew to Prague on the Wednesday, early star in Edinburgh Airport, and strong Czech beers made a messy affair. Straight out on arrival, jambos everywhere. Ended up in a five-story nightclub in kilts. Managed to pick up a cracking Australian bird, in brackets, mainly due to the kilt. Had to bribe the Czech security guard 20 euros to get her into the hotel. Worth it. It doesn't go into any more detail on that story, thankfully. This is, it's not a family podcast, but we don't go into that much detail. And we um, haven't sworn it at all today. No. We're, we're not, no F-bombs today. We've been on our best behaviour. So whoever that was that had to go us. I think it was pretty fair. They've been creeping in a little bit too yeah, often. We've, we've no got it over the top. I think we don't, want, we don't yeah. want that explicit tag. I, th- I think I think you know we'd start some podcasts with dropping f bombs, which is which is silly. I as I think I said to someone who'd mentioned we were swearing quite a bit. I'm not going to say we can completely remove them because sometimes I think they might be necessary, but we're not just going to throw them in willy nilly. But anyway. No. Back to the story from Dougal. Yes, sorry, um, sorry. Match day, breakfast. Realise big Taz hasn't made it home. Lunchtime, Uh-oh. no sign of Taz. We meet his dad and the old boys, who are staying in a significantly nicer and more expensive hotel, for a boozy lunch. We have to declare we've lost big Taz to his dad. I think the various scenes from the hang... <laughs> he says, think the various scenes from the Hangover trilogy. Cue a mass search of various Prague boozers and night spots ultimately finding the big man grinning like a silly effing schoolboy in a bar with two Romanian hookers. He hadn't been to bed, in brackets, including theirs, 
and was in the process of having his credit card slowly drained, given, given a kicking off his dad, forcefully showered and back out. Tremendous memories of the remainder of the afternoon in the main square with what felt like thousands of other jambos. March to the game, Czech stormtrooper police jumping out of the trees. Shite game. <laughs> we... D- <laughs> We decided to extend the stay when pished and got the train to Budapest on the Friday. Um, Two big nights out there culminating in getting robbed at gunpoint after going into the wrong boozer slash strip club. Burr taking the main hit being the only full-time worker and therefore the only one left with any money. (laughs) Return flight from Budapest to Budapest, sorry. Then Edinburgh Monday morning, red eye with Wiz Airlines, £10 flight. <laughs> Hor- horrendous experience. She we, we all spent the entire flights in the brace, brace position. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant trip. Um, the second trip relates to Basel. Similarly, oh, there's another one? There's oh, two. Similarly long winded, but ultimately Big Taz and I, skint students again, got the overnight ferry from Rosyth. Um, on a Tuesday, hitched a lift with another jambo uh, to Bruges on Wednesday morning, hired a shitty Fiat Punto and thrashed it down through Belgium and France. How big was Big Taz? I've just got this vision of Big Taz's head popping out the sunroof <laughs> on the Fiat Punto because he's Big Taz is really big and doesn't fit in the Fiat Punto, but it's all they could afford, really. Yes. Scored a free five-star hotel room in Basel Wednesday night when one of his old man's mates pulled out of it last minute. Big night to celebrate. Huge day drinking in the square. Brilliant scenes. Match incredible. One of the top five I've been at. Hearts fans bouncing trams off the tracks. Post-match singing about Robbie Nielsen. Swiss police very understanding. Wake up lying on a bathroom floor of the hotel next morning. Tag, uh, tag, Taz staggers. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure what happened there. Um, uh, he drives to Brussels while I lie in fetus position in the passenger seat the next day. Ferry back from Bruges on a storm on a Saturday night and spent most of the trip spewing everywhere. Such <laughs> a good trip. So many others, many including playing with the Real Maroon guys. That's a, a Oh, I remember them. Is that not Lewis Brody, Lawrence's brother, that used to I know um, the, charge of them? I know Borthwick, Mr. Robert Borthwick, uh, plays with them. But I think Jamie did as well in the past. Quite a few guys. Um, but he says that Basil's got to be right up there. Cheers, guys, and keep up the good work in brackets, especially the Penny Cook mentions. Oh, there you Dougal, go. Dougal, Maximum Hound on Twitter. So there you go. He wait might a minute, be a wait fellow a that, Penny that's Cooker. Not, that's not Dougal... Dougal's dad a doctor? The, the alliteration there is quite impressive. I have no Dougal's idea. Dad, Dougal didn't Dougal, say it. Dougal, I, I think Dougal's dad might have been a doctor, and Dougal might have been in my sister's year at Pennycook High School. If Dougal was born around 1980, I think that I think that's the same Dougal. I didn't have you down for being pals with Big Taz. Good, well, Dougal, let us know. Are you the, the same Dougal that's dad's a doctor and was in the same year as Mark's sister? There you go. Fiona. Fiona was her name. By the way, best away trips. I'm just trying to think because that Basel one, and everyone goes different ways. And it, it wasn't until Paul Mitchell was on him a few weeks ago when he said that the media don't go with the on most of the the trips now. They don't really go with the team. Um, we were lucky that we went with the the team. Some of the times we were working for the team, so that helped. Um, but back when I used to do the away trips, I think the top three all began with B um, in no particular order. Braga was really good. Basel was really good and Bordeaux was really good. So so we got we got lucky. And if anyone was on, on those trips, 
um, it kind of it makes you desperate to get back into to European action again and tie those scars around the funnel. Yeah, because there's only so many times you can tie it around the gavel. Uh, <laughs> gavel, gavel, what is it? Oh, I thought it was gavel, but I, yeah, I think it is gavel. It's not, it it's not a word I tend to use very often. No, no, in, in, indeed. Anyway, um, think Dougal. Yeah, I think I know him. Dougal and Big Taz. Um, before we go, Richard Cobb also messaged. He wanted to clear up the Dave McPherson birthday cake scandal, which we spoke about last time. He said he took it away with him in his car after presenting me with it so I didn't have to go to Hamden with a birthday cake and told me he'd hand it back after the game. Haven't seen him since. <laughs> Missing and presumed eaten slash binned. Um, that was Richard Cobb said that Dave McPherson presented him with a birthday cake on the day of the 06 Cup final, I want to say. Do you, do you remember many, many episodes ago, we're, we're talking certainly last year, yeah, we did a thing about footballers that you've met but not. And was there not, was there not something about Levine and a pizza? What was the was story? It, was it Gary Mackay and someone's wife delivering flowers or something? Yeah, that was one of them. But I'm sure I heard Levine was not one of them about Craig Levine. Just keep keeping on the Dave McPherson food. Yeah, it was um, a while ago. Yeah, it was. I, I, I'm sure. I mean, there's no way Craig Levine was delivering a pizza to someone. But <laughs> did someone deliver a pizza to Craig Levine? I don't know. Anyway, uh, footballers, <laughs> footballers and food. I've footballers two, and I've, food. Okay. Yeah. That, and you can you go, go there anywhere. if you want. Yeah, why not? Well, that's the thing. So I'm sure you're going to ask me, uh, well, it's your turn for homework this week. Or as you've been speaking this time, your punctuation, audible punctuation has been better this week. But <laughs> you need to just calm it, calm it down a little bit with, with that. I got I've excited got, got, remembering Suso Santana. Okay, I, I know. No, it's okay. Everything will be fine. There, there, there. <laughs> I, I, have, I, I have a choose your own adventure homework for you this week, A or B. Okay. Why okay. not? Why not? A, A is simply footballers and food. And you can take that wherever you want. That There are no strings attached. Okay. But you're going to choose. Okay, so A is footballers and food. B is your best hearts scrabble. I'd put 11, but I'm just going to go three. So I want to have a competition for our listeners, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you've, got to, you've got to go with the actual... Um, score on the tiles in Scrabble, and you're only allowed to pick three players. And we're looking for, the, and those three players are all either current or former Hearts players. We're looking for the best score from those three names, first name and surname. So your best Hearts Scrabble top three most points, or <laughs> footballers and food. What do you like out of those two? So when you say footballers and food, is it like? Story. Just, it could be anything. It could be just it like could a. Be absolutely. If we're going with McPherson and the birthday cake and Levine and the pizza, if that's the case, so it could be like a. And... It could be just like be anything. Making anything. A, turning a Hearts player's name into food. Doesn't need to be a Hearts player. I'm not. Some sometimes when we put criteria for homework, it, it can be a bit restrictive. This is the most unrestrictive homework ever. Should you choose mm. A? Yeah. Footballers and some might call, food. Some or... might call it lazy, but. No, I'm giving you the option. <laughs> I was going to swear there, but I didn't. I'm giving you the option. If you want to choose that, you can make up your own rules. Because last week... Okay, let's go. I wanted the whole last week, getting the band back together was a really good idea. But then it was complicated by what are the rules. And sadly, you well, had to explain it. I like to um, lay out. I like to have control. Okay, I like control. Well, 
you drink Cobra beer, which is apparently one pound forty in Tesco. Well, I wish I wish it bloody got at Tesco because it wasn't one pound forty. And wait, well, in Tesco did you say? Wait, did you say someone Tesco? Someone messaged you. I didn't think he said. Did you say Tesco? Someone messaged you. And well, said I know it... he said Asda. I don't know. They're it... all the same. It's not stop and no, shop or I, price chopper. I, I didn't. I should have gone to Asda if I'd known you could get Cobra. Should have gone to Specsavers, son. What are you going for? Are you going for footballers and food? Or your heart scrabble top three most points wins. Let's go footballers and food. Let's just let's just go with that. See if we get. Yeah. See what. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Last call for um, voting for scarves around the funnel in the listeners' choice award at the British Podcast Awards, with voting closing on Monday, which is the sixth of July at midday. If you think we're worthy of your vote, then visit www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote. Just search Scarves Down the Funnel in the box, submit your vote, and then check your emails because you'll be sent a little link to verify your vote. Much appreciated if you can. Speaking of votes, I've just pulled up an Excel document from the 1st of May 2019. Hearts Kit World Cup. Whatever happened to that? Oh, bollocks oh i said i wasn't gonna swear oh that's okay that that's that's a that's a, a part of the anatomy that's fine just uh, i don't want any f-bombs or yeah no. well Can, will we ever continue that <laughs> hearts kit world cup because we're down to the last 16 and we, there's a lot of kits that did we ever finished the hard men world cup no we never finished that we, we did one round no i think we we're did. like the semi-finals no we're not oh let me let me check on that, and I'll get back to you next week. Oh, that, that, um, that's like you're, you're like a call center. Well, um, let me check, sir. If you give us a call back in a couple of weeks, and then we'll <laughs> we'll see if it's been rectified. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Right. Okay. On that note, um, uh, it's been... Robbie's coming on. Robbie is coming on. Confirmed today. Um, he will be on with us in the next few weeks. Robbie Nielsen. We'll be good to get back to footballers instead of talking about QCs and KCs. But on that note. Um, QC and the Sunshine Band has got to be the only only mm. thing we could play out on this week and we'll be back next week and we'll, we might have some footballers and food to talk about yeah well, let's see where that goes order order court adjourned <laughs>